dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I'm Tanner Olson, and this is the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Here we talk about hope and heaviness, creating and continuing joy and sorrow, life and God, questions and answers, and everything in between. This is a podcast where you were invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually, to eventually keep going. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm just happy that you are here today, too. On today's episode, I'm joined by author and pastor David Kim. We talk about loneliness, empathy, vulnerability, and how we were made to belong, because we were made to belong. David serves as the discipleship and formation pastor at Westgate Church in the heart of Silicon Valley. He is the author of Made to Belong, Five Practices for Cultivating Community in a Disconnected World. You can find the book at the link in my show notes. The book is also available anywhere that you get books. And in this book, David shares his experiences with loneliness as a Korean-American immigrant and delivers compelling research about belonging that includes the revolutionary five anchors of developing meaningful relationships. We talk all about that and more in this episode. I loved meeting and chatting with him, and I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation too. So with that, here is my conversation with David Kim. Thank you for being here. Thank you for writing this book. Um, This is our first conversation ever, hopefully not our last. But when, when someone asks you what you do, what do you tell them? Yeah, I am... Wow, that's a good question. I am a discipleship and spiritual formation pastor. And really, my passion is to help folks continue to integrate all aspects of their lives and to really um, love Jesus with all that they have. And And I love that. I love to come alongside to, to journey with them in that way. Holistic discipleship is my passion. And you live in, in Silicon Valley. Yeah. When I, when I hear, when someone's like, yeah, that's where I live, my mind does not comprehend it. What I picture are like high tech buildings where everything is operated and there's screens everywhere, but what's it really like to live in in the Valley? Yeah, a ton of traffic (laughs) and it's busy. Uh, Folks are all working in, a lot of folks are working in tech sector. So a lot of our folks uh, in my community, Apple, Google, Facebook, eBay, PayPal, I mean, you name it. And so... 
uh, it's demanding. And as the world is becoming more and more uh, digital, um, there's a high demand. I know we are going through a significant layoffs right now, but even with that, mm -hmm. there's a high demand to work hard and perform and to produce. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's busy, it's chaotic. And even though it's a beautiful city to live in, it's expensive, it's getting crowded. People around the world are moving in because a lot of the jobs are here. And so that's kind of um, how I would describe it. But the weather is beautiful. <laughs> but the weather is, and that's one of the yeah. reasons why they're there. It's yeah, like, we the pay for the weather. <laughs> All right. So I just, I started reading uh, your newest book, Made to Belong, and I made it only a few sentences before jotting down my first question for you. In the introduction, you mentioned how you and a childhood friend bonded over things like basketball and basketball cards. And I would love to bond over this with you as well. Who is your who is your team? Do you have a, a basketball team that you cheer for? Man, I am now because I'm in the Bay Area. I mm -hmm. am Golden State Warriors all the way. <laughs> I mean, it's been a, it's been a good season. I mean, not this season, but it's been a good ride for the last six years. And so yeah. um, I can't complain. But before yeah. that, you know, Boston. Um, mm -hmm. And they were really doing well Celtics. And then before that, when I was in New York, the Knicks. And so I feel like everywhere I go, the team yeah. tends to do really well. That's how I would like to interpret. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I would love for you <laughs> then to move to Orlando because I'm an Orlando Magic fan. And I think, okay. I, I don't know, man, I'm just getting this word from the Lord right now that says you need yeah. to move to Orlando. <laughs> yes. Um, and you guys need prayer. Yes, for we sure. Need a lot of we need a lot of things. Uh, uh, we need prayer. Yeah, anyways. But that's, okay, so you grew up in, you grew up in, New, well, you grew up in New York and then bounced around to Boston. And now you're in the Bay Area. Uh, yep. I, a couple a couple months ago, I had on um, musician and writer Andy Squires, and he's also a huge Warriors fan. So you're the second Warriors fan to be on on the podcast, um, which Beautiful. I feel great about it. I love I love the Warriors. I love the culture that they have there. There are a couple of players that really bother me, but Draymond Green already knows this. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoy. I love watching Steph Curry play. Watching him play is it just it's the one of the most beautiful things to watch. The way that yeah, he moves it's beautiful the ball. and and the way he's changed the game of basketball you know mm -hmm. as a small you know uh mm -hmm. like player and uh the way he's changed uh the whole game for for the entire defense and how to mm -hmm. guard players and and what three-point shooting is for now the nba it's like oh man it's crazy he's yeah <laughs> yeah, the way that he plays basketball and the way that basketball had been played, but he comes in and disrupts everything. It kind of feels a little bit similar to, and this is a big leap, but to the book that you've written, where you you talk a lot about a lot about um, these big things of creating community and how people are obviously made to belong, like the title says. But it's also to say, you were. This is one way to live. But there's a better way or a different way to go about doing that. And your book, Made to Belong, really kind of breaks this down. It's this one long letter of in, it, like inviting people into something, into something better. Uh, and as I've gotten to know your story just a little bit, like you've been you've been through it, man. Like the changes, the pain, uh, the pressures. Um, where did this book kind of come come from? Like why this book? Yeah. So. Kind of two main reasons. Number one, I was born in South Korea and my dad's mm -hmm. a pastor and he wanted to come to 
the U.S. to study. And so we moved and I was pretty excited. I'm like, U.S. and like, you know, uh, land of opportunity. And so I got here. But as a 10 year old self, I had not I wasn't prepared for my entire world to change language, culture, friends, neighborhood, city church community. I mean, everything changed before my eyes. And what I began to notice um, reflecting back is that I was incredibly alone and mm. I needed friends and guides to guide me. And I didn't have that. And so I was addicted to basketball cards and video games, <laughs> pornography, uh, online shopping. I mean, you name it, whatever else. And looking back, I realized that I was just using it as a coping mechanism to soothe my pain of isolation and loneliness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I became a pastor. And, you know, we have this wonderful gift of the Christian, the church community that God has given to the body of Christ. And what I began to realize as a pastor is that so many of our people are saying to us that they are also still lonely as mm -hmm. a Christian attending the church. And so I began to see, wait a minute, is our small group model working or not? And is there a way in which we can get maybe 5 10% better um, in our journey of belonging? And so as a, as a pastor, first and foremost, I began to see that, oh, we got to do a better job equipping our people. And um, mm. that's kind of how the book came about. That's awesome. I, I, I really, I mean, I know I kind of mentioned already, but I really enjoyed reading through it and, and the stories that you tell about your life, especially the change from, from, from moving to America and all of like, I mean, you, I think you talk about it in the book or, or, or maybe I just saw it on a video online of just even like food, right? How like you, you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you had like kimchi for, for lunch and everyone's like, what, what is that? And then you move to pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, there's just like so much change. And, and I think like, uh, even in the area that you're at, but it's also like, you know, people graduating from college, starting uh, in the real world, you know, quote unquote, but there's all these changes and you kind of get lost in all of it. And when you get, when you start to begin to get lost in life, that's when loneliness really begins to set in or, or so it seems like. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think just the pandemic has just only exposed oh. how lonely we've been all along. We've been distracted, right? By life and and, and when things all slow down, we, we realize, like, who is my community? Who are my true friends? And who is really leaning into me? Who, who did I really invest my time with, right? And so yeah. uh, it's yes. exposed some deep stuff. And, um, yeah, a lot of self-reflection. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I started laughing when you're like, the pandemic is like, oh, yeah, of course. We lived <laughs> through that. Like, the maybe the biggest thing we might ever live through like we're and we're still kind of we're still kind of coming out of it and i think like yeah during the pandemic it was extremely lonely and then you begin to believe the lie that this is the only way to live is to be yeah. alone that no one else kind of knows what you're going through and and in the book you you mention a couple of lies that kind of a lot of, a lot of people seem to latch onto um you write about how like uh you know the lies that we believe like you're all alone and no one else feels this way no one cares about you. Like, how could they? Yeah. And, and and you don't belong anymore uh, or any anywhere. So how does like, how does community help fight lies like this? Yeah. Um, you know, we all know this, right? God made us yeah, in community for community. And I think the gift of the community is to come alongside and 
help one another fight the lies of the enemy that mm -hmm. I think the enemy, the ultimate goal is to really isolate you from God mm. and one another, right? And mm -hmm. if you're all alone, then you spiral with all the mm. lies that the enemy throws at you. And so I think the gift of the community is to come together to remind one another that God is first and foremost with us, that the spirit of God is living in inside. So we're not alone walking in this mm. world and that we, that and God loves us so much that he has given us the gift of community to support, challenge, strengthen, encourage one another uh, to give us, offer us, uh, you just talked about hope right before this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to offer us hope and a reminder uh, that uh, that there's much better going on uh, uh, behind us and before us and in front of us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm one of those people like I'm, I'm quick to believe like I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was terrified of knocking on my neighbor's doors. Like, so I lived on this on this wonderful street and we had my brother and I, we had uh, boys our age. So we play games all the time. We play basketball. You know, it's like cops and robbers with some in the pool. But like my way of getting people to know that I was outside is I would be dribbling the basketball really, really loud and shooting hoops uh, because I didn't want to knock on someone's door like i didn't want to interrupt whatever they were going on i didn't want to be a bother i didn't want to be a burden in any kind of way um but like you know one of the things that we receive you know even even jesus is like hey man be not afraid and i know he's not talking about knocking on doors but sometimes i need the reminder that it's okay for me to bring my full self into a community because that's how we navigate life is with each other right so good. And oftentimes, I think in our loneliness, we blame the church, we blame the folks around. Why aren't they reaching out? And maybe there's mm. some truth to that. And why isn't this small group or this church community, why isn't their systems really working to get me more plugged in and connected? Mm. But at the end of the day, there's an invitation from Jesus to say, hey, there's yeah. something that we all can do because part of the problem is us. And and that's, a, that's a, I know that might be a little bit harsh. And that's something that I realize. And that instead of blaming everybody else for my mm -hmm. pain of loneliness wait is there an invitation for me to take one step further into the community that god is calling yeah. me to and and you as a church worker and me as a former church worker there is nothing more like uh exciting or beautiful than when you know because we're you know even like giving the messages or like announcements during the service or the emails that go out or the uh, uh the social media posts where it's like hey we're doing this you should come on out or hey we want to join a community group or small group or whatever it is or hey we're doing this you should come and then when somebody actually comes and shows up or says oh wait you really want me to be there it's like yes we do uh we really want you to be there. there's nothing more exciting than for the church to continue to grow and to I don't know, to have people see that they they really are welcome here and they really do belong and they're not the only one who's going through the things that they're going through. Oh, they're through. not. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what I've noticed is that on stage I would say you belong here, you are welcome and I really we really do mean that. And um what I begin to notice is a pattern that it's not that they're not lonely, they are lonely mm -hmm. and they want community, but it's that they just don't know how. You, uh the reality is that as we're continuing to grow in this digital age that people are losing their ability to forge deep community and relationships. And mm -hmm. so uh, my book, I really wrote it as a practical book for folks who are desiring deeper friendships and communities to practice what are these five practices to really cultivate and lean into so that we can forge the communities that we all long to. You see, like in Silicon mm -hmm. Valley, 
like so many of these folks like they are they 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 have an easier time talking to a computer <laughs> than with another individual and it's not a knock i'm not trying to like bash on them like they're great folks but a lot of them engineers a lot of them working in tech and and we are losing our ability to really ha even have carry conversations and look at yeah. someone in the eye and ask good questions i mean like and so the church is constantly saying we need community and we need to go deeper but it's just like we actually now need to teach them how to build community yeah, and the pandemic really didn't help us with that. I know for myself, like pre-pandemic, like I feel like I was a different person before the pandemic and a different one afterwards. <laughs> um, but like before I was like ready to sit down and talk with anybody, but I had to like, after the pandemic, like I had to build back like my um, conversation stamina. Like it'd be like two seconds into <laughs> yeah. a conversation and I'd be like, I am exhausted. Like, I do not know how to continue with this, but like still the invitation remains to to kind of lean in um, and to bring your full self to the table because you know, there's nothing more beautiful than to like be known and to be welcome and yeah. to be seen. And I, you mentioned that in the book too, like we all want to be known. We all want to be seen, you know, and, and, and that's, you are known and seen in community which means you have to get off the couch, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember just hearing that, like uh, my second one, she's like a pandemic baby, right? And so okay. she's five now. And as we were kind of coming out of the pandemic, um, she would be meeting my friends really like for the first time. And she would just look at them and start running away, yep. <laughs> and, yep. right? Like, just like, didn't know how to like, like how to handle people like just it's like what is that thing right like it's like which if i'm if i'm being honest Indian. there were there were moments where i would look at people and i also wanted to run away too so i can i could <laughs> yeah, bond yep, a little bit yep totally totally uh, totally so, so the tagline of the book uh made to belong is is five practices for cultivating community uh in a disconnected world uh, i don't want to give away all five practices like Let's do it just oh, for this podcast. Okay, just Let's for this podcast. Go. All right. So the five things that you write about are, are priority, chemistry, mm -hmm. vulnerability, empathy, and accountability. Um, we could talk about all of them, but I think I, I really just want to pick one. And, and I want to know which one did you struggle with the most to write about? Or were you like, did you were like, here are four good ones that I'm good at, but here, like, I should put the fifth one in too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would say accountability was the hardest one to write about because I had to nuance that really well because mm -hmm. when you use that word accountability, I mean, even for all the listeners here, it can trigger all sorts of emotions. Yeah. And we've seen in sadly, even in the Christian world, bad mm -hmm. versions of accountability and church mm -hmm. abuse and things like that. And so um that was the hardest one to write but i needed to write that because at the end of the day christian community exists to not just come together to support one another and pray for one another but also to really challenge and champion one another to all that jesus has invited them to become and yeah. so uh that was a hard one to write but i really put a lot of energy into that the one that i struggled with the most growing up vulnerability i mean korean american christian male pastor i have like five <laughs> identities in which 
that <laughs> prevents me from like opening up like Asian mm -hmm. like we have a lot of we're in a shame communal culture right American you, you got to be individualistic you don't ask for help you can do it with your own strength right Christian oh you're not gonna share about that sin you're gonna get judged and people are gonna gossip right male well society tells you what a true strong man should be or what it looks like and and pastor oh boy right and so uh that kind of, right like we are perfect right like yeah. and so right that's kind of what we want to kind of at least portray and so that was navigating through all five that was really hard for me growing up and no wonder why i didn't have deep community yeah. and as i began to kind of peel back all those layers i realized oh wow yeah at the end of the day I'm just a child of God that it's in need of grace and people. Yeah. And and so is everybody else. Right. Yep. And there's nothing I, you know, it, all those things are hard. Like, you know, you talk about priority of like, you know, talking about like our commitment issues, right. In oh, chemistry and yeah. vulnerability, uh, empathy as well. Like the, the way you write about empathy is really great, uh, but then accountability, but to go back to, to vulnerability, it is, we don't want to bring our full selves to the table. We don't want to say, here's the thing that I'm working through. Here's the thing I'm wondering. Here's the thing I'm questioning. Uh, here's the thing that happened to me. Uh, here are my fears. But something happens when you have those those close friends, you have that close community that, that not only do you trust, uh, but they trust you as well. And you can open up. Uh, and that's when like, that's when you begin to see friends as your family, right? Yeah. You know, like I belong yeah, here so and good. these people are accepting me. Um, for who I am and for what I'm bringing to the table. And, uh, yeah. and you get to meet that with love and you get to meet that. You get to meet it the way that, the way that Jesus meets you, you know, I'll wash, I'll wash your feet. So, yeah. 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 I mean, we all want to be like seen and known and, and, and belong, but at the end of the day, in order to do that, well, they need to see all of you, right. So that yeah. you can fully be seen and known. And so it's a tricky part. And, and uh, the invitation is to open up as hard as that may be. And in that place, oh, man, to be loved in that way. I mean, that's that's when that's the magic sauce right there. And I think like and I want to I do want to say like for um, I don't want to generalize here, but particularly like just men and Christian mm -hmm. men generally like, you know, that three layers of communication. Um, just events which is like world news and sports right and ideas and your passions and things like that but feelings and emotions those are the kind of the three layers we tend to in our small group in our conversations just stay in events or ideas and it's hard to get to the feelings and what we're really thinking through and yeah. and hence why um it's harder for us and I, again i don't want to generalize all men here but but that's been uh yeah common uh mm -hmm. theme that i've noticed I, and I think it's really hard for uh, for many of us, and not just men in general, but like to name what we are feeling, right? I have a I had a friend, and he was telling me the story. He went to uh, he was in in counseling, and one of the things that you know the counselor asked or the therapist asked was, you know, how are you feeling? And he was like, you know what, I don't know. And so the the counselor put down like a a, a piece of paper with like eight different emotions on there. And he was like, that's exactly what I needed. Cause I'd like, I needed to see the word and be like, yes, that's how And like, I don't know. I think for a lot of us, like it takes a lot of time to figure out what's going on inside of us. Um, and it's hard yeah. to do that alone. 
You know, it's hard to know like the way that we're feeling, the things that we're struggling with, or even the person that we would like to become, the direction in which we would like to grow. Uh, and so to have those, to have, I don't know, cheat sheets around us, you know, like life is yeah. not a, life is not a, like a, a closed book test. We got a lot of cheat sheets yeah. around us and we're free to use them uh, and we're free to have help from the people around us. Um, but kind of going back to what to what you were saying of like, you know, people wanting or, or to feeling alone. Um, it's just like believing the lies that they're the only one who feels this way or they're the only one who would, wouldn't be welcome. When I think a lot of us are all believing those things too. So as soon as we can get them all on the table and say, you know, I think, I think we have more in common uh, than you think. Uh, that's when I think, you know, deep community begins to begin. Um, and you mentioned it in the book, the quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, where he's like, oh, I thought I was the only one who felt this way. You feel that, you know, yeah. you feel that too. I'm totally butchering it, but it's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. He, that famous line, you too. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's that's it. It's like, wow. Yeah. And and I think that's where the forging happens when you, yes. when you hear one another's story and that you're not alone. Yeah. Definitely. So how, how did how did writing this book uh, impact and just change you? Yeah. So um, first and foremost, um, <laughs> well, I have to live this out, and 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 so and I have been in and in on Tuesday nights. That's when I meet, and I realize that my goodness, um, I really have a hard time being empathetic. And so mm. that's been something that I've been noticing lately uh, from writing this book, um, that empathy is a giant time suck. And like, right. And, uh, and, and it's just like, I, you know, we're in Silicon Valley efficiency, goal oriented, let's achieve and let's get through it and let's launch the next thing. And so empathy, you have to slow down and you have to meet mm. them where they are. And so that's been something I've been learning and growing. And then that's actually pastoral ministry. And mm. um, sadly, I'm realizing that too, a little late, but I've been in ministry for 20 years and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, yeah, the goal is to slow down and care for the folks that not just uh, unleashing church agenda in people's lives, right? And so... <laughs> Uh, pastors are really great great at that i have a plan we have a plan for your life yeah yeah that yeah. i mean and that's a huge theme of this of this podcast is just slowing down uh i wrote a book titled uh walk a little slower right because i'm somebody who's like i want to get stuff done i want to move forward i want to check things off the list i want to grow i want to scale i want to do this but you know what the most healthy thing for me to do is to slow down is to kind of just slow down and to be right where I am and to remind myself of the of the things that are true, not to believe the lies. Uh, I think like half of my day is spent remembering what is true and, and trying to forget about the, the lies that I tell myself. Um, one of the lies that I've told myself for, for years is that life is a race and I am behind. And that is a crock mm. of crap. Like it's not true at all, mm. right? But like, yeah. no, like you can be right where you are and where you are, he is too. Uh, and so that's a good place to be. Uh, I also, I want to say, uh, empathy is not efficient. Like there's no such thing as efficient empathy. Like I feel like we could build <laughs> yeah, a right. whole company out of that. So uh, anyways, but that's, I mean, that's true. Empathy is one of those things where like it is, a, it's a crock pot. It's not a microwave. Like we're going to have to give this some time. Uh, we're going to have to sit yeah. with this. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's good. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could talk about this forever, but I don't want to take your whole day. So I want to finish out the podcast playing a game. Uh, it's a game that I played with a couple of other guests in the past. Um, but I did add a brand new question or a brand new kind of fill in the blank just for you. Um, now, the way that this, mm. this, this game works, it's called finish the sentence. I'll say a couple of words when I'm done saying those words. That's when you finish the sentence. Pretty Here easy, huh? All right. Yeah. The perfect breakfast is... Coffee. How do you take your That's coffee? It. Just black. My, I'm, a, my, I'm a my guy. Yes. Are you yes. okay? Yeah. Yeah, I am. It's either like just straight up black coffee. Recently, I I've been getting a little fancy, and I've been ordering like oh, this is going to be a lot for me to say out loud. I don't want to admit it, but this is how we build community. We tell people what we go through. I've been ordering uh, almond milk vanilla latte with honey uh and it's really good it's a game changer um but usually it's just black coffee just yeah i'm a coffee snob so yeah i'm I'm buying my own beans i'm grinding them in the morning and i'm making i'm waking up my kids and oh yeah i'm doing the whole thing yeah but i'm like i'm just yeah this is my lane and i just gotta do that and so (laughs) for me to even have a conversation (laughs) okay do you have like do you have like a um like where your favorite place to get beans from? I'm a big I'm a big Ethiopian so, guy. I love Ethiopian. Yeah. So <laughs> Ethiopian and Colombian are kind of yeah my go tos. Awesome. All right. Next one. Here is what I know about heaven. Mm. There is going to be a lot of Korean barbecue. <laughs> That's the first thing that. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. Uh, no, no, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think, yeah. I don't think that's a wrong yeah, I answer. Mean, I love it. I just, I'm just like, I'm a big foodie and I do believe that God designed food into this world yes. for us to delight and taste. And I mean, everything in the scriptures and uh, the bread and the wine, I mean, just all of it. And so I just yeah. feel like there's going to be some great Korean barbecue there. Yeah. Uh, well, and, it's not going to uh, be bad. I know that. <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's a perfect answer. Uh, all right. When I wake up tomorrow, I'll hmm. hug my wife first. Um, I got into a quick fight with my wife this morning. And so I'm kind of processing that in the conversation of vulnerability. Here we are. Mm-hmm. And so, and, um, and uh, totally just uh, misspoke and uh, offended her. And so um, I do think uh, I want to continue to show my appreciation and and my love towards wife Nina. So that's what I want to do tomorrow morning. Yeah. And then you'll make your coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, next one. I don't know much, but I know for certain that. That's a good question. Wow, I gotta think about that. Can you say that one more time? I don't know much, but I know for certain that. The first thing that comes to my mind is that that I love my two girls mm. a ton and I would give my life for them. I'm a very selfish guy and self-centered and um, more and more that as I'm journeying into being a father, I'm like, wow, I can actually like, give up my life and, mm. and uh, um, um, 
yeah, sadly, I, I don't think I would have been able to say that earlier in my days. Very self-preservation at the core. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would give my life for my girls. So it sounds like you needed you needed the book that you wrote a little bit. I think that's I think that's how it goes. I think for myself as well, um, especially mm. my the book uh, walk. There are some some words in the uh, in my book walk a little slower that I needed to hear again and again and again. And it's it's funny when you when you're a writer and you're writing, you write it because you really want to help other people. But really, what you're doing is you're just helping yourself. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like, totally. a, it's like, it's like a mission. It's a trip. therapeutic <laughs> exercise and yeah. um, working through your own childhood wounds and trauma and, yep. oh, and, man. and, and, and uh, yeah, finding yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I believe that. Uh, okay. Last question. Speaking of childhood uh, and trauma, I would tell my eighth grade self that. Hmm. that your dad and your mom really love you mm. um, at that time i came to america i was 10 so i just really thought that they were out to get me i mean like they like they just ruined my yeah. life and so i really was bitter and um i just couldn't see the big picture and um yeah um for a long time um i think i had a deep seated confusion frustration and and even yeah. hatred towards them and um <laughs> yeah i would say no they really care and they are for me not against me and um, yeah i would remind myself of that as i was yeah. navigating that world <laughs> yeah yeah it's sometimes it's uh it's hard to look back but it's good to look back i guess that's where the uh vulnerability piece kind of comes all in as you got to kind of put everything on the table and and sort through through some stuff well um hey david thank you so much for for first of all for writing this book i, I mean it's it's great i learned a lot as i was as i was reading through it um i love your i love your writing style i felt like i was getting smarter as i was reading it so well done um and <laughs> um before you go where can where can people find your work or if they're in silicon valley where uh, you know talk about your church a little bit but plug yourself here before you go yeah, so our church, uh, we're called Westgate Church. We're a multi-site, and uh, we are in um, San Jose uh, area. And so uh, it's called Westgate Church, and um, we would love to see you if you're around. And um, for in terms of books, yeah, just anywhere. But yeah, Amazon, Target, um, just wherever you buy books. And um, we'd love to see what God might be up to and, and God might be speaking into your life and love to hear about that. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, thanks for writing this book. And, uh, you know, good luck to your warriors as as they continue to figure some things out. Uh, but really appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Thank you to David Kim for joining me for this episode. Loved getting to talk with you. Cannot wait to hang out with you one day in person. And a special thanks to Matt Daring for creating the music for this podcast. You can visit writtentospeak.com to check out the latest blog, grab books, or to book me for an upcoming event. Or if you just want to send me a message, you can do so from the website. And I should say this, if you 
know someone that you would like to have on the podcast, maybe an author or musician, creative, pastor, whoever it may be, and you'd like for me to sit down and have a conversation with them, send me an email, tell me who that person is, and I'd love to find a way to chat with them. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Before we move on to the next thing, again, check out the show notes. I'll be back next Monday with another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Much love, friends.